We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How's it going, Raptors Nation? Welcome back. This is the Raptors Nation podcast on this Thursday, August 31st. I can't believe we're already into September. I mean, this month, this summer has just flown by. But hey, the bright side is, I know summer's coming to an end, but at least sports are going to be back. The NFL starts next Thursday. MLB playoffs are coming. NHL season starting in October. And then, of course, the good stuff. The NBA season will be back in no time. So I am looking forward to sports season once again being on the horizon. In today's show, we're going to be talking about the Raptors' best-case scenario, in my opinion, for the season. We'll be taking a look at the latest Giannis rumors that have emerged after some recent comments he made. We're going to be taking a look at Dennis Schroeder's impact. And then also, Team Canada has arrived. Yes, Team Canada has been doing a great job at the FIBA Basketball World Cup, and we're going to talk about it. Before we dive right into today's show, please do me a solid. Hit a like on the video if you are watching this on YouTube. It helps it a ton. And if you are listening to this on Apple, iTunes, or Spotify, be sure to leave us a five-star review. It does help it immensely. And, of course, keep it locked and loaded to Raptors Nation for all things Raptors. We got you covered this season. Okay, so I'm first going to begin here by talking about the best case scenario for the Toronto Raptors this season. So I did a video on my personal channel, Luca Rosano, the other day, and I basically put every single Eastern Conference team in tiers. So for the Raptors, I do have them in tier three. Just to quickly run down, I have the, let's see if I can remember this at the top of my head. In tier one, I have the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. I think these are the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. In tier two. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do I have the Miami Heat? They could be tier one if they trade for Dame. The Philadelphia 76ers, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the New York Knicks, the Atlanta Hawks. I don't think I'm forgetting about anybody. Um, so that's tier two. And then tier three, that's where I have the Raptors. So I have the Raptors in a tier with the Nets, Bulls, Pacers, and Magic. And actually, ESPN, they put out their predictions for the Eastern Conference standings for the season. And they have the Raptors finishing 12th at 36 and 46. So I do have the Raptors in tier three. I think the West uh, Eastern Conference part of me is going to be extremely tough. I think teams that were below the Raptors a year ago, like the Pacers, like the Magic, they're due for a leap. I don't think you could sleep on the Brooklyn Nets. Yes, they did win a lot of games with Kevin Durant and Kyrie last season, and they faltered a bit once those guys were traded, but they still got a lot of talent, young talent on that team. Mikel Bridges looks like he can emerge as that team's go-to guy and really potentially be a superstar. Uh, ben Simmons has been looking good in the offseason. I know for him, it's one of those things you got to see it to believe it. But the Nets, they do have a lot of good young pieces. I'm a big fan of Vaughn. I think the Nets won't be a team that just simply falls over. They'll be a part of that playing picture, I think. And then the Chicago Bulls, yes, the Bulls have been disappointing, but they are still a team that does have talent. When you talk about Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, I think the biggest thing for that team is if they can stay healthy. And then, yeah, like I said, the Pacers and the Magic, two teams that were out of the play-in last season that have very bright futures, but also their current situation looks pretty good as well. Indiana led by Halliburton. They, of course, got Bruce Brown as their big pickup this offseason. They could be looking to take the next step. And then Orlando, I really love what they're building over there. I love their two pillars, Bancaro and Wagner. I think that is one of the most underrated young duels in the league. And when you take a look at a guy like Bancaro, I really think he can establish himself as a superstar in the NBA. So where does that leave the Raptors? So ultimately, I do think the Raptors will be fighting for the plan. I can see them battling for that 8-10 to 10 spot when it's all said and done. And I do think it's going to be a grind. There's going to be a lot of things that need to go right for this team. They're going to have to see personal development go their way. Guys like Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr., OJ Nanobi have to take a next step, especially Scotty Barnes. I mean, he is the key, in my opinion, for this whole thing working. Because if Scotty Barnes takes that massive third-year leap, the one that we were all waiting for last season that just never came, while he coexists with a Pascal Siakam who plays at an all-NBA level, I think the Raptors would then exceed expectations. But again, a lot of ifs. That needs to happen. Other guys need to step up. Can the bench be good? Bench does look promising on paper. But, uh, you know, will that translate? How will the lineups work? Will the offense flow? Will Darko get the most out of this group? A lot, a lot of question marks. But if things all go well for the Raptors, and again, the biggest thing happens here, which is Scotty Barnes takes that leap and shows that he can coexist with Pascal Siakam at his best, then best case scenario for the Raptors, I can see them getting into that sixth spot and making the playoffs. And that's also taking into account if playing teams and playoff teams fall off from a year ago. So if the Knicks take a bit of a step back, if the Hawks take a step back, which is plausible, if the Nets fall flat on their face, and if Orlando and Indiana are still 
a year or two away from taking that leap and the Bulls just completely fall out of it as well, then the Raptors can leapfrog some of those teams and enter the playoff mix. So best case scenario for the Raptors, I see them being a six seed. Again, if all goes well for them and some of the other teams take a step back and then a more realistic expectation for this team is that, yeah, you know, some of these playoff teams from a season ago are not going to fall back. Maybe some teams like the Pacers, the Magic, do step forward. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And the Raptors are a part of that play-in mix, battling for a play-in spot. That is what I would put my money on if the season started today. But, I mean, this Raptors team, they do have a lot of talent. And if they do figure it out from the get-go and things go well from the start, then this is a team that can surprise a lot of people. And I would not be surprised if they are a part of that playoff mix when the season is all said and done. So that is my viewpoint on this Raptors season. Let me know what your best case scenario for the Raptors is. And what you, let me know what your realistic scenario for the Raptors is for this 2023-2024 season. So we are going to switch gears now. And I wanted to talk about... Giannis to Toronto. Now, I know this is going to be a far-fetched rumor. I'm not putting any stock into this whatsoever. I just want to make that known, make that clear out of the gate. But I do want to talk about it because Giannis said something that caught a lot of attention. And right away, people ran with it, ran with the story about, wow, if Giannis doesn't want to stay with Milwaukee, what teams could step up to the plate and take the Greek superstar or try to trade? for him because Giannis says that he doesn't plan on signing an extension until he knows the Bucks will continue to compete for a championship. This is the full quote, which was posted on SportsCenter. I quote, I would not be the best version of myself if I don't know that everybody's on the same page. Everybody's going for a championship. Everybody's going to sacrifice time away from their family like I do. And if I don't feel that, I'm not signing. That is Giannis Antetokounmpo on his future in Milwaukee via the New York Times. Pretty bold stuff. And then, of course, this is not what Bucks fans wanted to hear. I mean, anytime you have a superstar on your team, you want them to be adamant about staying. But this, to me, shows that Giannis isn't, in fact, sold of what they're doing in Milwaukee. It could also be a ploy from him to try to put pressure on the Bucks organization over the next few seasons to get it right, maybe get aggressive, bring in another piece so they are still atop of the East and in a position to compete for a championship. But nonetheless, like I said, of course, news outlets ran with this. And then it was interesting because Sean Devaney put on an article on heavy.com. And he said that an anonymous NBA executive sees some small market teams being a potential shooter for at the if he indeed becomes available. And the executive lists the Spurs and the Raptors as potential dark horses who could land. Giannis. And I did a separate video on this the other day. Go check it on the channel. But basically, the quote is this in the article. The Raptors have team president Masai Ujiri, who has long sought to acquire Atatakumpo. And with star caliber assets on hand, some combination of Scotty Barnes, Ojin Nobi, and or Pascal Siakam, Milwaukee could be tempted into a deal 
We know from the Kawhi Leonard experience that Ujiri is not afraid to take risks on star players, whether they're committed to staying or not. Interesting stuff. So I just want to say this, that Giannis could become an unrestricted free agent in 2025 if he declines his player option. So until then, the only way Giannis would go elsewhere is if a team stepped up to the plate and traded for him. So let's take a look at the very, very hypothetical of the Raptors potentially going for Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, this isn't the first time the Raptors have been linked to Antetokounmpo. Of course, there is a long history between he and Masai Ujiri. Masai tried to trade up to draft Antetokounmpo back in 2013, didn't pan out. And also, Masai helped get Giannis the Greek citizenship he needed to jumpstart his career. So there is a bond there between the two off the court. Now, for the Raptors to realistically get Atatakumbo, number one, let's look at the trade aspect of it. The Raptors would have to basically gut their team to get Atatakumbo. I mean, you would have to give up in all likelihood your biggest and young asset in Scotty Barnes in some sort of trade package to get Atatakumbo. Because if the Raptors would want to still keep a, a competitive product with Atatakumbo in the mix to compete for a championship, you're not going to trade Siakam. Ideally, you would want to pair the two together. So you would have to put together a package that involves Scotty Barnes, OG, and some others. So you would completely gut all your team for Atatakumpo, who could become an unrestricted free agent in 2025. And the Raptors have not shown any interest of including Barnes in any trade talks at this point. So it would be very, very hard-pressed to imagine that they would in this situation. And then the flip side of it is if you don't want to trade for Atatakumpo and you just bank on him becoming an unrestricted free agent in 2025, you would still have to move some pieces around to free up the necessary cap space to sign Atatakumpo to a big deal. And again, while shuffling your roster to a point where it's still competitive, where you can compete for a championship with Atatakumpo in the mix. So there are a lot of variables there, a lot of hypotheticals. So while the idea of Atatakumpo to Toronto is very, very appealing, it is very unrealistic. All right, that's enough of the Giannis talk. Let's get into some Dennis Schroeder talk. And his impact for Team Germany has been impressive. Dennis Schroeder has been lighting it up at the FIBA Basketball World Cup. He dropped 15 against Finland, had a 30-piece against Australia, had 14 against Japan. Had Germany perfect in the group stages, they've now advanced to the second round. And Schroeder helped Germany make history because Germany, for the first time ever, has won six games in a row at the FIBA World Cup. And you look at Schroeder, he's averaging 19.7 points and 5.7 assists per game through these group stage games. And he has been playing really well. He has done a great job using his quickness, blowing past the defenders, He's been dominating the mid-range game while it's him getting his own offense, floaters, shots, or setting up his teammates with some pretty nice passes. We've seen a couple highlights surface on X. Dennis Schroeder is doing what Raptors fans hope he can do with them. And of course, the Raptors signed Dennis Schroeder to a very fair deal, in my opinion, of two-year $26 million in the offseason. And Schroeder, he did appear in 66 games with 50 starts for the Lakers. This past season, he averaged 12.6 points, 4.5 assists in 30 minutes, and he did help the Lakers reach the Western Conference Finals, where they then lost to the Denver 
Nuggets. Now, it doesn't matter how the Raptors utilize Schroeder, whether he's indeed the team starter and the Raptors take that more traditional approach, or if he's the first guy that comes off the bench and is used as kind of like that backup sixth man guy. I think Dennis Schroeder is going to run away with his opportunity in Toronto. And I think we're going to look back at this Schroeder deal for two year, $26 million, and say this was an absolute steal. Because listen, I'm not saying Schroeder is a Van Vliet, but Schroeder has a chance to do a lot of the things Van Vliet did on a much cheaper contract. Obviously, the defense is in there. The shooting level is in there. But if Schroeder can still get his offense and display this good passing ability, that's going to be a huge pickup when we look back at this. And I think Schroeder is going to thrive in Toronto because he's excited to be here. You know, he already thinks and anointed himself the team's starting point guard. I think he added in his ex-bio. And this is a big opportunity for him because he has a chance to shine on a Raptors team that everybody's not talking about, everybody's writing off. And he has a chance to be in a position where he can play with some good talent, guys like Siakam, guys like Barnes, guys like OG. And he can be creative under a head coach like Darko Ryakovich. So I know the FIBA competition level is nowhere near the NBA competition level. But if Dennis Schroeder can translate the game we've seen while he's been playing for Germany to the NBA level with the Toronto Raptors, Raptors fans are going to instantly fall in love with Schroeder's game. And I've always been a fan of Schroeder's game. I know he's kind of had a couple of stops during his career, but he's always been that reliable, serviceable guard that you can bring into a game and he will immediately impact it. So it doesn't matter if Schroeder starts or comes from off the bench. Dennis Schroeder, I think, is going to help the Raptors in many ways, particularly with his offense and his playmaking. And I mean, listen, the Duke could get after it for his defense. I know there's some people out there that kind of get at his defense, but he can play defense. Showing a, a couple of nice block shots during this tournament. He's got the quickness to keep, to keep up with the guards in this league. So I wouldn't sleep on Dennis Schroeder when it comes to that component of his game. All right. I quickly wanted to touch on this because I want to give a shout out to former Raptor Rondé Hollis Jefferson, who's another guy who's been putting on an absolute show during the FIBA World Cup. He is literally out there looking like and playing like Kobe Bryant. Seriously, when the highlights came out and I didn't know it was Rondé because he shaved his head, I'm like, who is this? Literally looking like Kobe Bryant, a left-handed Kobe Bryant. Same look, same haircut, wearing 24, moving the same on the court. And this dude has been putting up buckets. He is literally reincarnated himself. He dropped 24 against Greece, 39 against New Zealand, 20 against the USA. And Rondé, of course, played with the Raptors. He signed a one-year deal with them. Averaged 7 points, 4.7 rebounds per game in 60 contests. Post-Kawhi Leonard. And it's crazy to me because my main takeaway after seeing all of this buzz with Rondé Hollis-Jefferson and seeing him play as well as he's been playing is how is this dude not in the NBA? It goes to show how hard it is truly to not only make it to the NBA, but stay in the NBA. Because the last time we saw Hollis Jefferson in the NBA, it was a very unmemorable 11-game stint 
with the Portland Trailblazers back in 2021. And when you see Rondé play, it's like, how is this dude not on an NBA team? It's crazy how great of a player you have to be to make and stay in the NBA. Now, one of the knocks on Rondé Hollis-Jefferson's game was his lack of shooting and his lack of offensive game. But, I mean, if Rondé Hollis-Jefferson can play like this and he can translate the new version of his game to the NBA level, I don't think he's going to be without an NBA opportunity for much longer. There's got to be a team that looks at this and says, okay, Rondé clearly has just reshaped his game. We got to take a shot on this guy and at least offer him a 10-day contract, see what he can do. Because there's no way he can be playing this well for Jordan, showing what he's been showing us, and he doesn't get granted another opportunity down the line in the NBA. So I'm really pulling for him. X-Raptor, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. I hope to see him get another opportunity at the NBA level. And I mean, it's just been crazy to see because like I said, he literally looks and plays like Kobe Bryant now. It's wild. All right. And uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on for today's show is another FIBA basketball topic. Listen, it's the time of year. FIBA basketball is uh, in the nitty gritty part of their tournament. There's no NBA news really to talk about. So I did want to end the show by giving another shout out and talking about the emergence of Team Canada. Yes, Team Canada has arrived. It feels like we've been waiting as Canadians for so long for this day where Team Canada looks the part and is one of the best countries in the world playing basketball. And Team Canada has been advertised so far in this tournament. They finished off Group H with a perfect 3-0 record. And now they will take on Brazil on Friday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. And then Spain on Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern in the second round. Canada has not only been winning these games, but they've looked really impressive. They absolutely routed France in the opening game. And you look at Team Canada, they ran through group play that saw them finish with the best point differential in the field at plus 11.1. And they have proven that they can be a legitimate threat to winning the championship. I saw a ranking the other day and Canada has the second best chance of winning the championship just behind the United States. It's crazy that Canada has now bridged that gap between them and the United States, and they're right there. And you look at what's been going right for them. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, the country's anchor, the team's superstar. He gives them a shot because of how great he is on offense. And then he's surrounded by other NBA players in the starting lineup. And then you look at a guy like R.J. Barrett. He's been playing well. Dylan Brooks, Lou Dort with their defense. You got Olenek, Dwight Powell. When was the last time you saw a Canada roster with this much NBA talent? And this is even without Jamal Murray, who withdrew right before this thing started. And you got to give a lot of credit to head coach Jordy Fernandez, who is doing all the right things right now and getting the most out of this group. Jordy Fernandez, sooner rather than later, is going to get a head coaching position in the NBA. And it's interesting because he was reportedly one of the finalists for the Raptors head coaching job. But Canada has all the ingredients to actually surprise the world and win this entire thing. So look out for this Canadian national team 
to continue to turn heads, continue to carry this momentum into round two. And I mean, if some way, somehow, we are set up with a Canada-USA showdown down the line in this FIBA tournament, man, that's going to be special. Because Canadians have been longing for the moment where they are one of the top horses in the FIBA basketball world. And they are, in fact, here. They have, in fact, arrived. So I just wanted to give Canada some credit here and mention them on this Raptors podcast. Because, listen, if you're a Raptors fan, most likely you're in Canada and you want to see this Canadian national team do big things. So with that being said, that will conclude today's show. Please let me know what your thoughts are on the topics discussed today. Leave your comments down below. Hit a like on this video if you are watching on YouTube. And again, please leave a five-star rating on this podcast wherever you're listening to this podcast. It does help a ton. That is it for me. As always, thank you so much for watching and listening. This is Luca signing off. And until next time, stay safe.